the Good Pals Podcast with Matt Stock and Zach Stevens. We come to bury Marvel, not to praise it. Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome to episode seven of the Good Pals Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Stock. I am once again up in the lab on Lagoon, accompanied by my producer, my co-host, and my good pal, Mr. Zachary Stevens. Stevens. That was kind of a morbid intro. You normally come in very cheery. I think people like your cheery nature. Riddle me this, Stevens. Do you know the nature of that introduction that I just did? Yep, I sat in the movie theater with you and watched that movie. Yeah, but do you know where that quote is from? Oh, no, fuck. Okay. That's a Shakespearean reference. That's from, uh, it's a paraphrased uh, from Julius Caesar, the, a.k.a. the tragedy of Julius Caesar. Oh, I come okay. to bury Caesar, not to praise him. See, most people just say, et tu, Brute. Et tu, Brute, then yeah. fall Caesar. <laughs> you know why I make this reference, and I can do that. Because you're a thespian. I'm an actor <laughs> yeah, he's now. He's an actor now. Yes. I just completed my first theatrical experience of all time this weekend. I wish I had a button to make clap applause. I'll just do it myself. I don't know what that was. Maybe that was a cat noise. But yeah, man, uh, I did a few. Sh- I was. I'm in a play with a community theater company. Neil Simon's The Odd Couple, great comedy. Uh, auditioned, got myself a little bit part in it, a little supporting part, and uh, we did a lot of work for a few months, put into it. And we did three sold out shows this weekend. Matt won't say it out loud, but guys, he's fucking killing it. He's balancing. Working a late night gig, he's been to rehearsals, he's been sacrificing things like trivia, which is quite the priority in both of our lives. Trivia is my life. He, uh, I mean, he's just been making it all work with, uh, you know, when it's hard to, it's hard to fucking do all this and it's like cost you money to like pursue something that. Yeah, a little bit, you, you know, know, but I mean, yeah. for the experience itself, it has been a very positive experience. <laughs> I got a little burnout on comedy. I wasn't writing anything good. I thought my material shit the last time I performed it bombed as we discussed on the pod before. And uh, I knew that was it, but I was, inter- I've always been curious about acting, man. So I and wonder- I've yet to come to one of his shows, but I've only heard good things. Yeah. So. Absent from the extensive guest list, probably about 500 tickets sold this weekend. Not a single one of them purchased by my good pal, my producer and my co-host, Mr. Zach Stevens. Guys. Stevens. <laughs> sick as a dog this weekend. Stevens had the flu. I had something. Stevens, yeah. Stevens had the flu. But uh, uh, if any of you listeners came out and saw the show and thank you for supporting local arts and culture, is something that's very important to me. Uh, and not to get overly serious because we hear are here to have a good time because we are the good pals. But if there's one thing I can say to you, and this is something that my pal Stevens does here, so I'm very proud of him. If you want to do something, if you're curious about something, if you want to learn something or teach yourself something or learn it from someone else, go out and fucking do it, man. I'm about to be 49 years old, and I've always been interested in acting, and I just did it for the first time in my life, and I will do it again. But fuck, I wish I did it earlier, you know, like many things in life. kid like young Stevens here has got it going on. You know, he's got the music, he's got the music, but he's experimented with comedy. He's done a lot of shit. The hunting, like, you know, you you, sort of, <laughs> you go after your interests. Agreed? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I try to, but trust me, I mean, I'm like, you know, I definitely get in my own head about things I wish I'd go harder at. Yeah, try, sure. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think we all do, but to really act on it and try it out is, you know, I think you're going to succeed more than you're going to fall on your face. Anybody. I mean, you're particularly a very gifted young individual, you know, and I've got some talents too. And I thought I was well suited to maybe acting and it turns out it worked out. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you, like, did you find it to be, um, in any way? Like, like people always ask me like, Oh, how, like, how the fuck can you sing in front of people? Like that would, I wouldn't even be able to get on stage, which is funny because when I've done stand up and when I've done small, like little, like, Mm -hmm. you know, theater ish things, dude, I've, I freak out I get mad anxiety for that Singing I've always told people this Like Singing songs to people Is easy Because You basically have like This uh, This like outline Guideline You know what I mean Yeah If you know you're singing 
a song right, you're singing it right, you know? But yeah, sure. You got to deliver an, an actual like performance with acting and I, I, yeah i think so but and i think if you had asked me two weeks ago if i was nervous i'd say yeah i was nervous but like i had no stage fright's never been a big thing for me um and i've done a lot of performing and public speaking and everything and i wasn't nervous before the yeah. shows this week but it's because of all the fucking work we put in i finally had my script down i knew my fucking lines you know i wasn't sweating it i knew my cues so That's i felt confident up. i felt confident going up there very comfortable with the clicking theater too i've been on stage here so many times over the years, it sort of felt like uh, being home base again, like having home Dude, field advantage. What's that saying? It's like uh, success is when opportunity and preparation meet, or something like that. Yeah, I believe it's something along those lines. <laughs> those are three good words. Was that your senior? <laughs> was that your senior quote? <laughs> no, dude, I actually didn't get to have a senior quote. Wow, were you in I, trouble or something? Kind of. Well, no, I came back in halfway through the year, and I actually didn't even have. A, I wasn't even in our senior yearbook. So, if anybody owns the wow, Bluffton so senior like yearbook. A ghost. Dude, in a, in a way, I was. Wow. Yeah. I thought I you were going to say you put like Icy Hot and everyone's jocks in the lacrosse locker room. Dude, I wasn't a prankster. I was like a fucking <laughs> weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Still a little bit of a weirdo. I was just like walking down the hall listening to like, we don't need no... To, like, little Floyd head. Yeah, I was like listening to Pink Floyd flirting with my teacher. Was that around your senior year? Um. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was my senior year. The junior senior year is when the Pink Floyd phase happens. Dude, and I was a skipper too. I'd put a, I'd put a shoe in the back uh, door of um, Bluffton High School, sneak out the door, jump in the Suzuki Vitara, go smoke a joint with Ben Huey. So you were literally twenty times more rebellious back then than you are now at the ripe old age of twenty two. Yeah, I've kind of settled down in my old age. Damn, good for you for stopping because I mean I just stopped mine like a week ago. <laughs> so maybe that's why it takes me long to do shit. But if you want to talk about experimenting and learning things, one thing that you've been getting into is cooking, buddy. Yeah. Well, and we often talk about our uh, podcast prep meal before we get into uh, before we get into business. Um, and what did you cook tonight? By request, by me, admittedly. Um, I cooked some chicken parm. You cooked your chicken parm, which I have had before. So it's yeah. not like you're trying out a new recipe. No. But it fucking slaps. You know, and I haven't had a spaghetti Sunday in a while. It's coming off a big weekend. We're going to cut a big pod tonight, so let's celebrate with some chicken parm. Yeah, and folks, I'm struggling right now. Break right. down the details of what the other, like what was in the dishes, though. I mean, get just oversimplified as a chicken parm. You had some other shit going on. Oh, yeah. I uh, I made a garlic confit, which is super easy. I mean, it's the just, tea is it's silent. Just kind of a, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. A, just a baked garlic clove with some oil, salt, and pepper, and then you just kind of mix that with a butter and some parsley. That's how I made my own garlic bread. I bought a French baguette from the Teats. Harris, Toast with the most. Harris Tita. GB really rounds out any dish, but I mean, yeah. it was on point tonight. So a little homemade garlic bread, a little, uh, all right, I'll admit it. If I had more time, if I wasn't coming fresh off, I played a gig tonight. If I wasn't coming fresh mm. off a gig straight here to record and cook for Matt, I would have made a homemade sauce, but I didn't. I bought what I find to be my favorite store-bought sauce. Y'all can Tell me what yours is, but I like Rouse. Rouse, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of where yeah. I'm at. I stopped by your gig after the show earlier. I had a matinee performance today. Yeah. Brought my mom and dad up to the same bar. See, my mom loves you. So you're very handsome, very talented. Yeah. Can line. But- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mama Bear. But uh, it was fun, and we had a, we had a really good dinner. Um we watched The Last of Us. We've got a we got a tradition going here on Sundays, dude. Sundays have become like my favorite day of the week. Yeah, me too, man. It's like I, the only time I get to fucking. Chill. You know what's crazy? We have so much to look forward to. Whether it's like recording, cooking like a good meal, and hanging yeah, out, yeah. that I literally forgot until today that you reminded me that The Last of Us new episode was tonight. And I was like, yeah. "Holy fuck, we have so much to do!" But there's one last step that we do before we record, and what's that? Um, I don't know what is. What it? were we just doing five minutes ago? <laughs> 
Oh, we warm up with some music. We listen to music. Yeah. Playlist tonight. Uh, did a, I got a name by Jim Croce. Mm-hmm. Dance the Night Away by Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, Lonely as the Night by Billy Squire. Crazy Lonely Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Just the guitar solo, though. Yeah. We, we listen to Tidbits. Yeah. The double guitar solo by Dwayne and Dickie and One Way Out by the Allman Brothers. Do you believe in love, Huey Lewis and the News? Yeah. So that's your. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna post the uh, I'm gonna post the pre-show set list for you guys, or make yourselves. Maybe we'll make maybe we'll make a playlist. Oh my god, we should make a Good Pals playlist. Yeah. All right, we're gonna. I'll get on that tonight. Fuck. Yeah. When I'm staring at the ceiling, thinking about my life. <laughs> Something good I can do. Uh, before we got started, I'm sitting here playing "Lonely as a Night," and uh, what did you say? You used to? I said I was bumping this uh, on the jukebox like nightly at the Valley Forge Beef and Ale in Pennsylvania <laughs> when you were about six years old, dude. And I, I said, hung out with this. I used to hang out with this chick named Elaine, and she fucking loved Billy Squire, and I love Billy Squire <laughs> too. And um, we used to play a lot of Billy Squire on the jukebox and just make out in the bar. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah. You were a public make. You made out in public. I still do, dude. When I do that, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> dude, I remember I made out. Well, with a you girl. know, I think it's good that you've decided to save your first kiss for the right moment, Stevens. <laughs> so you haven't, you know, when you know, you'll uh, know it'll be the right time. Well, uh, what's it called? Uh, ah, God, if you can think of who this girl is, don't say it alone. But Matt, obviously, the great Matt Stock. He's a bartender at everyone's beloved, world famous Cool Cats Lounge. On the, world famous, yeah. the, the world famous. The world famous. Do you remember that night that I was there, like, sucking face with somebody random, and you were working the bar, and you were like, Stevens, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> I don't think I remember who it was. Me either, but I remember that that happened. I was like, what? I criticize you for public makeout? It's like, yeah, because you're not supposed to go shit where you eat. You know who doesn't make out in public? Yeah. The Jaybird, Jason Stevens. He doesn't? He operates in darkness. <laughs> the yeah. Jaybird. Yeah. Oh, we got, a, we got a bone to pick with you, Jaybird. Yeah. Jason Stevens, Zachary's a, father and a very good friend of mine, another good pal. Uh, but we listened to one of our recent podcasts where we talked about Apocalypse, the movies. And seriously, sounds like he's got some kind of fucking problem with Escape from New York. Starring Kurt Russell, my favorite actor. <laughs> one of my favorite movies. What did he say about Escape from New York? Um, he said the acting was lousy and very corny. Jaybird, I can't wait for you to come home because I miss you, man. But you know what? You're corny. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're not. I get it, man. It's an 80s movie. It's kind of a cult thing. It's not for everybody. You ever see the meme where it's like, it'll be like some sort of sad animal or something that's like when you're trying to turn your best friend onto a movie and they get up to go to the bathroom and you say, I'll pause it. And they're like, no, just leave it playing. And you're like, oh, fuck. They hate the movie. Dude, whenever. What a bad feeling. Whenever I'm like trying to be a sweetheart and introduce a girl to a movie, I'm really digging it. And I can tell you and I seem. Like we have the same feeling Like when you're trying to show someone a movie yeah, That means you a lot. care about yeah. yeah you want them to care about it When they don't It's a fucking dagger bro. Yeah Yeah And it doesn't It really It really works out for me man You know when I think about it Like But I'm, sometimes The movies that I'm trying to turn people on to Are Escape from New York And fucking Big Trouble in Little China Can I ask you something? Yes And this is kind of egotistical It's a little weird And I'll segue into Where I'm getting with this Okay But You've got recently, you have another whole weekend of shows, but yeah. do you enjoy when you've like worked hard for something and then people come out and watch it and then you kind of get flooded with, it's not good to always like bask in compliments, but have you gotten some good compliments this week? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten, I've definitely gotten some good compliments. Like, the compliment that I want to get from people is that they enjoyed the show and understood how good everyone in it was. It's a group Because thing. Yeah, the leads in the play in this case are so, when I do a comedy show, fuck yeah, tell me I'm funny. That's great. You know, I like accolades. It's validating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it feels it feels good. I mean, I've plenty of downs in my life too, so when I can get these ups, I get the ups. But for me, for people to recognize the effort of the whole troop, um, <laughs> and just how funny they are, and how hard we worked on the show, and like we had like three 
I mean, I'm not going to say seamless run-throughs, but fucking nailed it, like, yeah, yeah. hard. And it's, you know, it's a two-hour play, man. So there's, uh, you know, six, uh, six or seven members in the cast. Where was I going with this? Eight members in the cast, and everyone was just great. So big up to all of them, man. And thank you for everything. Yeah. Big up to the cast. I remember where I was going with this. I got a compliment this week. It was, uh, you know, I get told... Not often, but when I get told at a gig, hey, you're doing a nice job, I like your voice, you guys yeah. have good harmonies, blah, blah, blah. I do care about that stuff, but this was a cool compliment. Okay. I got a DM that said, you have a very nice podcast voice. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give a shout out to yeah. our listener, Reagan. Oh, Reagan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reagan's an awesome chick, man. We miss her. She's, I think she's back in Virginia now. She is, yeah. There's one thing that I wanted to do with her before she left that we never got to do that she used to tell me about. She had this like role playing game. Oh, I like, thought you were going to say she wanted you to go Olympic diving. It was like, yeah, she, like, was, I, well, she was supposed to give me diving lessons. Yeah, she's like a collegiate diver. Yeah, I said, try new things, guys. Next stage for me, I'm going to get lessons from a collegiate diver. Check me on the check me on the high board. But she had this party game called Werewolf. And it was Whoa. like, you know, everyone gets a secret character or something, and you play it like at the party, someone's a werewolf. Mm. Everyone's got to figure out who the werewolf is. Yeah. And um, she uh, used to tell me about it. I'd be like, we got to fucking play werewolf. That sounds awesome. And then she was gone, and there was no werewolf. <laughs> but if she ever returns, if you ever come back to visit us, kiddo, we're uh, playing werewolf. You're never uh, playing But we werewolf, miss you, and thanks brother. for listening. Yeah. Dude, I feel like you. I would... guess my podcast voice is just shit. Zach's got a great voice, though, of it course. Ain't, it ain't mine. Yeah, that's what they say. No, um, quiet storm. Do you have like this? Uh, do you have, like? Do you have this relation? Like, do you feel like you relate to like werewolves or like not werewolves, but like the monster in the film who like you've told me you've have you have like King Kong feelings sometimes because she like grabs up the little lady and like yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I have a King Kong kind of feeling. Sometimes I have a werewolf kind of feeling because you yeah. know we all deal with duality and let's check out the moon. Two tonight. and there are two there are two sides of us and. Uh, and I'll get a little gnarly sometimes, you know, and um, that happens not so much as I used to, but, you know, I will. And it's like when we were watching, uh, we were watching those Tim Dillon videos earlier and he was ranting and I could see him getting more and more torqued up and yelling. I'm like, this is what I get like when I get fucking agitated. And it's, and it's funny. So yeah, a little bit of King Kong, maybe a little bit of a werewolf, a lot of like a Quasimodo probably like throw the grill over my shoulder, go up the bell tower kind of thing, you know, Quasimodo. Don't look at me. I'm deformed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's a bit of a beast in all of us. My buddy yeah. Creighton in college used to call me the beast. Yeah, you got that dog in you. You ever, you ever heard that term? <laughs> yes. Got that dog. I guess I do. I just uh, introduced Matt to a new term. There's a Yeah, uh, now that dog is old yeller. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, Zach has that dog in him. That dog's uh that sounds like a Charlie Simpson thing. That dog's a four-pound toy chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, where is I going? Oh, talking about slang. I introduced Matt to a new word today. Um, oh. There's a hot ra- <laughs> there's a hot rapper on the scene right now. She goes by the name Ice Spice. She's a Brooklyn rapper. Ice Spice. And she she has a song where she calls she calls guys that aren't worthy of her attention. She calls them a munch. And Matt goes, I think I'm a munch. I'm a fucking munch. <laughs> Just a big old bunch of munch. <laughs> I don't think you're a munch, buddy. Yeah, I could definitely charm Ice Spice if I met her. She'd be down. I don't think so, man. Worked on Dua Lipa. I'm sure it could work on Ice Spice. Oh, yeah, that's true. Dua Lipa. Damn. So, yeah, just a couple munches here, sitting around eating spaghetti and watching our favorite TV show, The Last of Us. Yeah. Tonight's episode six. Let's do it. Man, there's only nine left to go. Hmm? 
Three left to go. I'm sorry. There's only nine episodes. Three episodes left to go. Oh, okay. So what's the what's the uh, what's the short what's the short review of The Last of Us tonight? Good episode. Yeah. Where do you put it? Like amongst the other episodes? Did um, you enjoy it? To be honest, I thought this episode had moments, but I I'm not saying it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I just think this episode was a little draggy. Uh, maybe a little bit. Times yeah. a drag. Yeah, I can I can see that. Uh, but it did have uh, high highs. Yeah, and also this episode uh, kind of a hangout episode. It it was, but in, I was going to say in this episode they go out. They finally do get out west. We we get a time jump, a three month time jump. Yeah, and they do make it to Wyoming. So I understand the uh, director's um, approach of making a lot of these kind of like long ended shots of mountains in the background. You got to take advantage of the landscape, you know. Yeah. So, but nonetheless. Yeah. No, and, and, and it's and it's well shot, and we liked it, and we don't go totally spoiler heavy on this, but. They go to Jackson, Wyoming. Yeah. And it's a self-contained, full-functioning community. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, everything going on. With the exception, of course, a gallows right in the middle of town. So there's a dark uh, underbelly to it. People are getting hung there. You can't hang You can't kill a zombie by hanging it. So they're not hanging zombies. Well, the only way to, uh, you know, establish order is a little bit of fear. Yeah, for sure. So that's definitely happening there. I thought that's what we were going to see happen in this episode, but it sort of went in a different direction. But I will go light spoiler territory here. And when they get to town, who is building the gallows in the middle of town? Was that a gallow? Yeah, dude. Was that's it? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, it was a hangman shit. Okay. I don't know why I thought that was just like a, uh, what do you call that thing people build on? What, do you think it was bar hooky? No, <laughs> there's a strategy. You got to go around to get it on the. Yeah, loop. we all know that. No, uh, what do you call those things that I are? Uh, hang out at Pepper's porch. I know what's up. Oh Christ! So scaffolding. I thought it was just like scaffolding for building a house. No, for sure it was a gallows, man. Fuck. All right. Yeah, for as in for public hangings. So, who's building the gallows? Tommy, Joel's brother. They link. Yes. They link. Yeah, they've been looking. Joel's been looking for Tommy for a long time. They have a nice reunion. It got me a little emotional. Yeah. Like a little dusty in the room for a minute there, you know, a big old bro hug and, um, not, but does anyone ever deserve or get true happiness in the last of us? Doesn't seem that way. Not really. And, uh, I, I thought this, I thought this uh, was a good, um, like I said, it was kind of a chill episode and it really let, um, some of the actors, some of the characters backgrounds come out a little bit more, more so in that Joel and Ellie learned a little bit about each other. Yeah. Or especially Ellie about Joel, namely about the, his daughter. That she did not know, and it led to some tension, but it led to a greater understanding, I think, in the long run, that these two characters have each other. And it's it's very clear at this point that there's a strong bond developed between these two. For sure. Joel, uh, Ellie has definitely become a surrogate daughter to Joel. Yeah, he cares. And he, yes, he his, his guard is... And she cares. And she cares about him, too. Well, yeah, she expresses in this episode that nothing has really lasted that long for her, which is fucking pitiful, you know? Like... As far relationships, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Things come and she's go. She's had in her a weird life. life, you know, just because she's coming up wow. during the, you know, d- born during the epidemic and apparently getting kicked around. And from judging by the previews, we're going to be getting an Ellie uh, origin. Yeah, it looks like we're going to get a filler episode. Yeah, which, which I'm, I'm all about. They've knocked out of the park the one they did this so far this season, you know. And leading us to believe that we think that this 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 narrative of the first game, The Last of Us, is going to be split up into more than one season. I don't think they're going to be looking at like the. I don't think we're going to be looking at the Last of Us two uh, when the next season comes up. I think we're still going to be doing Joel and Ellie's story. I could be wrong though. I didn't play the game. Yeah. 
You play the game. You said you don't remember it that well. I know what happens in the game. Yeah. But I'm not going to say it. But I mean, it's pretty clear just from that. And that was from all the memes before the show ever even came on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, we'll cross that bridge. We'll see. We I mean, they're already going off script. I think it's hard to, yeah. uh, you know, Pedro Pascal is so beloved. He's, uh, you know. Especially so, by so you. We love Pedro. I got a little bit of a man crush. Have you noticed how much you like Pedro's old like acting gigs have been popping up on social media? Like he was like a he was like a, a goth on NYPD Blue or Law and Order or something, and just stuff that he did when he was younger, different actors that he was hanging out Dude, with. Like, he had such a slender, like weird, like he was so little back in the day, a little guy. I was a skinny guy. Yeah, skinny. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's put, he just little. put a little bit of it. You know, he's got a dad bod. Well, he probably doesn't have a dad bod. I mean, he's a Hollywood actor. He got asked in a in a GQ interview, uh, "Who's more of a daddy, you or Oscar Isaac?" Ooh, and he goes. uh he goes, well, I guess him because he's actually daddy. But he goes, I think me because being a daddy is more of a mindset. That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna mention because those guys are pals. Best pals. I saw a bunch. Yeah. yeah, I guess it. So, yeah, they'd probably be a fun hang, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Hang out with Pedro and Oscar. You might have man. a good time. Man. And dude, Pedro Pascal, I love his story because it's a it's a guy who like cut his teeth. You know, he didn't he, like I, for he paid some dues. Exactly, and that's and, what I'm saying. All these little one-off like TV appearances yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit are showing up. Like it was like he just was on Game of Thrones and then launched into fucking success. He's been at this for 20 years. Also, one thing I'm loving about like you know one of the good things of this modern era of uh, film and TV is I think we're getting to a point now where like it used to be that back in the day like the Hollywood like Hollywood generated a star and you were forced to love that star Mo- like most of the time. Oh, we're gonna talk about that. But nowadays, I mean. Nowadays, like fans with like tick with social media, TikTok, TikTok is huge. I feel like because so many people make like actor compilations and stuff. Yeah, that like, I, like Pedro Pascal is getting more love today than he ever got in his career. Sure, sure. And and and, but, and some actors are like a human highlight reel. Like let's say you want to make a TikTok about DiCaprio or De Niro or something like that. Yeah, but dude, I would say these. I would say fucking maybe not on the scale of a uh, acting, uh, act, you know. I would say Pascal Pascal is more beloved by people right now, dude. DiCaprio. Yeah, as long as you don't put anything from Wonder Woman eighty four in it, you should be fine. Oh yeah, and DiCaprio's getting all this hate for like wanting to bang like seventeen year old. He's getting a little bit old, man. He's my age, dude. Yeah, that's a little odd. Yeah, you know, it ain't cool, Leo. That ain't all right. He just wants to At say, least he's not Ezra Miller, like starting a cult with fucking thirteen year old girls. Oh my god! But apparently, you're allowed to do that. If you're a DC superhero, well, you can't catch him. So on film, so that's very problematic. And I think DC this week tried to put some major spin control on the Flash situation by releasing a banger when trailer. Is, when does that movie come out? June nineteenth. Okay. For the Flash that premiered during the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all we're gonna say about the Super Bowl. But this Flash trailer, <laughs> whoo, go birds. Yeah, man, tough game, tough game, good game, tough game. This Flash trailer is the shit. It looks very interesting. We have a multiverse kind of thing going on. He's trying to prevent his mother's murder. So he goes to another universe where he encounters himself. Hmm. And he does not only encounter himself, but it's who he really encounters. This is called Earth 89 in DC Comics. The reason it's called Earth 89 is because it's based during the time frame of a 1989 film directed by Tim Burton called Batman, which starred Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. And who does the Flash run into in Earth 89? But... Batman himself, here played by Michael Keaton, and then shown extensively kicking ass in the trailer. 
Yeah, are the they flesh. gonna are they gonna de-age him like they are with Indy? Um, well, you know, Michael Keaton's really aging well. It's really, you know, he's, all that sticks out is he's got his chin and his lips that stick out of the mask. Look, brother, I've seen Birdman. Yeah, Bird, uh, Birdman just started streaming on HBO. But before I start to ramble, I'm gonna stay on this trailer. Uh, you get a better idea what this movie's about. The villain is General Zod. That's yes. our guy, Michael Shannon, right? I'm a Michael Shannon. Who is Stan. a great, great bad guy? So General Zod's back. Batman, Michael Keaton, Batman. And Ben Affleck, Batman, are both in this. And it's just, it's a great fucking trailer. And it's got me hyped for this movie. And we're starting to think about, you know, we talked about, uh, about what's his name? James Gunn last week. And how he's hyping all these new DC product projects. And he might be onto something because this looks really good. The jury's out on Supergirl. I don't know if I like Supergirl that much. Can I ask you something? Yeah. I just pulled up Ezra Miller's Wikipedia. We have a disorderly conduct. We have a strangling incident. A Hawaii arrest, plural. Um, do they kill him in this Flash movie and get rid of his ass? <laughs> like, is he done? I mean, this movie looks really fucking expensive, and I think that's the only reason. There's any, like, Batgirl that they drop, like, well, shit, I think Batgirl cost them, like, 70 million, and they scrapped that. So, yeah, like, but... We can't scrap this Flash movie. looks like 200 million. You can't scrap it. Let me ask you this. Are they, like, I would say the, the perfect way to dispose of Ezra Miller from this universe is to kill him in this movie what do you yeah, think yeah well but let's see how much money it makes i mean who knows but i don't think that they will kill him um it's kind of a fucked up situation and i think it's a little bit ugly but um hmm. the merits of, you know we're gonna talk about you know when you compare the art to the artist uh i think the movie looks great and i can't wait to see it and i know that we'll be talking about it in june and it's for it's about keaton for me really but he's not bad as the flash in the dc movies He's pretty good, actually. No, when I watched but the Snyder Cut, he is cut, a I fucking I asshole in real life, and he's a piece of shit. Some un, yeah, unhinged yeah. about this. Yeah, fella. there's a big, there's a big uh, movement online to have uh, Grant Gustin, who plays the Flash on the television series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. play him, and he's great too. He's you know, but but it's it's different, different portrayal or whatever. But yeah, DC's got a mess on their hands with this kid. I mean, I'm surprised that they just lock him in a room somewhere until the movie comes out. <laughs> Before he can take on another child bride or choke a waitress or waiter <laughs> or rob or fall asleep inside someone else's house or, you know. Yeah, his videos happen all the time. on I see them all the time on Twitter. And the motherfuckers in Hawaii, I know Hawaii's <laughs> big, but like an island's an island. We know that. People act up in Hawaii. I remember Woody Harrelson uh, running around tackling, oh, Kiefer Sutherland running around like tackling plants in a hotel in Hawaii a couple years ago. People get hyped. They're, you know, they're living that island life and. You little carried away with them. Have you made it out there before? Hawaii, no. Yeah. Uh, some people say Hawaii. I went with my dad. And we loved it. I don't know why. It's pricey to get there, so I've never, I've never quite done it. But now that I've been, you know, I've been picking up my vacationing lately. Maybe, uh, maybe Hawaii is a destination. What do you guys think? Let us know what you think about Hawaii. But I'm glad you got to go. That's cool. Yeah. So the Flash, great trailer, not great people involved, and um. It sort of has to do with our main topic for tonight. So we're going to segue into the world of comic book films. Yikes, Stevens. What is going on? What did I say when we left the theater the other day? Marvel is in trouble. And the reason Marvel is in trouble is because we just went to see the first film of Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and it was fucking dog shit. Yeah, I sorry s- to cuss like this, guys. Or no. oversimplify, but <clears throat> I uh. sat there, uh, kind of scratching my head, wondering how Marvel's still getting away with this trash. I mean, I, look, I love my fair share of Marvel movies, but like just this, like watching this movie w- gave me a headache. Like it felt like Spy Kids meets like Star Wars prequels meets 
It was just so fucking bad. Yeah, and and you know let's let's scroll it back. And one of the problems with it being as bad as it is, is that uh, you know Phase Four was pretty bad. Yeah, like, this I is mean, Phase Five now, or this is Phase Four. This is Phase um, Five now. Phase Four, all the TV shows. I'm not even going to list all of them. They were okay. Some were great. Some were not great. Who even cares anymore? Black Widow. I kind of enjoyed it. Um, Shang Chi was Black Panther with Asian people and Asian monsters. The Eternals. Ooh, and a Mexican villain. Like, don't care. You know, don't care about the Eternals. Why they make the, like the Why they make the villain? Doctor Strange, terrible. Didn't like it. Wanted to like it. Didn't like it. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, liked it. Wrapped up Phase Four. Thought it was a return to form. Maybe things are going to get good. And we walk into this film, Ant Man and the and the Wasp, Quantumania, and I don't know what they were thinking or what the hell went wrong here. But like, oh, also Thor Love and Thunder I just saw up there. That's the second worst Marvel movie I've ever seen. They are down in the dumps and Ant-Man and the Wasp did not help. This is a movie with some talented actors in it. Let's break down the cast. Paul Rudd, of course, as the total character of Angeline Lilly as the Wasp. Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. God. Yeah. And as, they were... as Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, the original Ant-Man and Wasp. Um... A girl that Hollywood is forcing down our throats who plays Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie, who I can't remember. And an example of an actor that's getting pushed harder than any actor I can think of in recent years, Jonathan Majors, making his MCU cinematic debut as Kang the Conqueror, the big baddie of the next two phases of Marvel, or at least one phase. So, no, the next two phases, because the last movie of phase six is Avengers, the Kang Dynasty. So we got to see this dude for another 10 movies. Here's my thing. Like, just about every actor in this movie to me was unbearable, except okay. for Jonathan Majors. And I think that everyone sucking in this movie so bad made people like think he, sta- he was standing out. Dude, Kang the Conqueror was not that cool. Okay, so I, I'll slightly disagree with you because I think that when Paul Rudd's playing it light as Ant-Man, I think he's awesome. Of course, yeah. You know, but he had to carry a little more heft in this one, and it's hard to take him seriously when he gets like get a, a, enraged or indignant. Sure, his daughter's in danger, or whatever. You know, you say, "Well, you ask us what's the plot." Uh, you know what? They all get sucked into the quantum universe where they got trapped when they were tiny, and a bunch of shit happens. Um, but the, uh, the, prior to that, the intro where he's like uh, he's like hawking a autobiography that he wrote, and you know he's scoring free coffee in San Francisco because. People think he's Spider Man, <laughs> not Ant Man. Oh, David uh, David Dal Dasmalchian was in this. The yeah, I think he was. A... I think he was the little blob. I think he was the little blob guy. He was a voice. He wasn't as his own character. Sounds about right. But from the guys from the other Ant Man movies, his pals that he pulls the jobs with, uh, David Dalmastian is one of them, and Michael Pena, who's great, great comic relief in these movies. He's not in it. What you have is these actors, a green screen, and a bunch of characters. That are very Star Wars derivative, sort of like wacky cantina like characters. Yeah, I felt like so the prequels. There's like one thing that's like a little a pink blob. Um, there's a guy that has a light for a head. There's some girl that looks like a centurion or a soldier. It's all very discombobulated. It makes and, no sense. And here's another thing that But re- these these let me tell you what I you know what you're talking about, like the spy kids thing. Oh yeah. All yeah. these characters I was looking at is like when you were a kid, were you into action figures? Yeah, well, yeah. So I loved action figures, and I would be like, you know, the other all these hot ones would come out, and you'd want to get, I want this figure, I want that figure, and then you go to the toy store, and there'd only be twenty figures of one fucking shitty character that they made up just for like the sake of making a toy. 
<laughs> to add to the movie. And yeah. that's what every single character in this movie reminded me of, the shitty action figure yeah. that was left over. And it was really irritating. It was cutesy. And it was definitely like, it was one of the most more like kid geared, like kind of plots that I've seen. Also, these movies scare me for humanity because I sat in a, th- a pretty packed theater and just listened to people laugh at the cheap laughs. The dude next to me was laughing his ass off. Dude, the girl behind us was like, she must have already like fucking seen it earlier that morning because she's like saying dialogue before it happens in the Super movie. Super fan, huh? Dude, it disgusts me a little bit. Well, I think I might. <laughs> you might even be more disgusted than me because... Let's get into full disclosure, as we're always honest here on the Good Pals podcast. I slept through a decent portion of this film. Yeah, 45 minutes about. It's two hours. So I saw enough to know that it was shit. If it looks like shit and it smells like shit, then it's probably shit. But it felt like sort of like Babylon. It's like, this movie sucks. I'm tired. You know, I did a show last night. I got to do another show tonight. I'm going to sleep. Fuck it. I just want to know, like, what does it take to become one of those humans that laughs at like the cheap laughs in Marvel? Like, cause I roll my eyes and maybe I'm just like a cynical piece of shit. Like, you know, but like truly those people must be so happy. There's been some funny <laughs> shit and there's been some funny shit in Marvel movies. I mean, I don't think for sure. But like, I think the first name man was very funny. You know, it's funny scene in a Marvel movie in like Avengers when the Hulk slams Loki back and forth, like on the ground. It's yeah. Like, great, great laugh from the crowd. Like big pop. Dude, know? that's peak though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's pe- this honestly, the comedy in this movie is like tasteless. Like I'm sitting next to like a fucking eight year old. Every like funny moment that they reached for in this movie was like a sexual innuendo that like wasn't even like witty. Yeah, I was just like, so like the movie sucks, the plot sucks, the acting it's sucks, so cookie cutter, the jokes suck. Like it's so, it's so cookie cutter. I just don't know how many more of these movies I can go to. So the next one, maybe you go to, and then I don't know. Let me know. Well, the next one's Guardians of the Galaxy, and we'll see. But I even think that gimmick's sort of getting played out, you know? Is that gun, though? All these ge- Yeah, it is gun. But all these gimmicks, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. You guys have seen these movies. They get ready to go on a mission. They got their suits on. They look at each other. Okay, let's we got to do this. We'll go do this. And then the Wasp says, let's do it. And then they click the side of their heads, and their little helmets come on, and they shrink, and they fly off. I, and want- I feel like they do that every 15 minutes in these movies. I'm getting sick of it. I want grit. I want the good. Here's why I fucking hate these movies. I want the good guy to lose. Well, Once. yeah, they, they, they should experiment with some different thematic elements. They should take some more risk. They should do more adult material. DC, to their credit, does it for better or worse. I'm not a Joker guy, but a billion dollars worth of ticket buyers disagreed with me, right? The Batman, the same thing. Those fall outside of this narrative. Not everything in Marvel has to be in the fucking multiverse, but that's what they've set themselves mm-hmm. up with. And what they did is they ran out of superheroes, man. Like, they put the this multi-billion dollar film enterprise on the backs of Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The Eternals, Doctor Strange, Black Panther movie without fucking Black Panther because the kid died, and now Ant-Man and the Wasp. Rip chop. Where's Captain America? Where's Spidey? Because those motherfuckers are played out. Where's the Fantastic Four? Here's the thing. Where's Wolverine, right? Where are the X-Men? that's fair. So Marvel acquired these properties from Fox. That bullshit is over. But I think they got overconfident and said, you know what? We just we can just feed them like pigs. Just put some slop in the trough, and the piggies will come eat it. And I'm one of those piggies, and I'm starting to feel like pissed off about it. I knew Ant Man and the Wasp was going to be bad. I knew it. I didn't. I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> right? Did you know it was going to be bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking shit on. I'm sorry. You had to, I'm sorry to do the whole thing. Well, you got to do your homework. You got to. But you didn't you see know. Black Panther, and that movie was fucking awesome. And the girl that stepped up was great as Black Panther, and Namor was f- awesome. And I'll see those guys more. Look, but. maybe I'm weird. I don't think I'm above 
these movies. I don't think I'm above superhero movies. I personally put The Dark Knight in some of my top movies, but I need an. You put The Dark Knight as like number one in all your movies. Yeah, and, so, I just, and that's fine. It's a, you know. But here's the thing: superhero, superheroes are cool, but make them fucking cool. And and I'm look. I love almost everything from Iron Man to Endgame. I think that's a perfect yeah. fucking slice of pie of movies. It's honestly, probably as good as you can get. There's like three or four that are yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah. but overall, they did a great job. Now you're right. We're like little Marvel piggies, and we're just gonna fucking slop it up because they're putting out slop, and we're hungry. And, and there's not much, and they're not much coming down the line, dude. Because Guardians of the Galaxy is next. Then you have the Marvels. Um, I just need three, grit. Like I need Marvels, and it's not gritty. The only chance they have it being gritty is the last film of this phase is Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts are the Suicide Squad of Marvel. They're a bunch of bad guys that get put together to pretend to be good guys like different aliases and everything. And it used to make for a very cool comic. Bomb. Bomb. You're not feeling it. Bomb. Yeah. It's going to bomb. Would you be reinterested in Marvel if they started, if they start getting these big guns in action? Like the X-Men. I'd be interested in Marvel. Like Fantastic Four. I'd be interested in Marvel if they put out an R-rated movie. Yeah. When will it happen? Deadpool 3. That's going to be R-rated. That's going to be their first one. But it's Deadpool. So you know what you're going to get. But I also get the allure. Of this, these movies, there's fucking kids in that theater eating this shit up. So sure. I remember, you know, being a kid, you want to watch. It's like me with Star Wars movies, but I get it. But here's what I'm saying to you, my f- for friends between 25 and 45, you're not a fucking eight year old. <laughs> Stop fucking watching these movies. Stop pretending like this is peak cinema. It's not. But also, do your, live your life and be happy. I don't know. Yeah, that was, you got pretty dark there for a minute. You've been watching too many Tim Dillon highlights. <clears> there, I just, I just can't like. It's frustrating. I can't buy it. I can't buy it. It's frustrating. It. it was a fun ride for a while. The ride is kind of over. Yeah, and honestly, it's like the perfect time for DC to take the driver's seat because I don't think James. I think at the end of the day, what James Gunn is great at, you know, outside of making movies, is writing movies. Are you going to go see the Flash? Yeah. Of so course. that trailer sold you on the Flash enough that you're going to. Dude, see that, that trailer was exciting. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. You know why? Because we're going to lose some fucking people along the way. There's no... Imp- in probably this, not, though. In this whole... Not, we're probably not going to lose people along the way in that movie. Well, I hope so. Hopefully the only person who's going to die is probably the Flash's mom because he'll go back to prevent his mom's murder and realize you can't change time because it's a butterfly effect and blah, blah, blah. Because guess what? The Flash is going to die. Batman's <laughs> not going to die. Supergirl's not going to die. General Zod will probably die. Uh, so we're going to lose General Zod along the way. He's the only interesting character in the fucking movie. <laughs> I love Zod. Your theory's flawed. Here's what I'm saying, though. In, in in Quantum Mania, there was no Empire Strikes Back moment. There was no, no like, there was no, like, like, all right, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to ruin it. You already know what's going to happen. The good guy's going to win. Kang gets Ant-Man's daughter. Do you think for one fucking second I thought anything was going to happen? I thought Kang, back in those flashback scenes, I thought that Kang was going to get Michelle Pfeiffer, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, you thought they were going to bang it out? Yeah, I sort of did because she didn't know that he was a bad guy right away. But Space Man. Michelle Pfeiffer's got a little bit of... You know what I was thinking about doing on this episode? I was thinking about inducting Michelle Pfeiffer into the Good Pals Hall of Fame. She a baddie. And now that this... After this, it put a bad taste in my mouth and I'm going to do it eventually. The Good Pals Hall of Fame, of course, consists of Tom Hardy, Anya Taylor-Joy, Andrew Brian Arsky, the entire cast of Boogie Nights, and, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer. But I want to talk about it more in another episode, mm-hmm. you know, when we have when we have some more time. But this is these actors just don't have shit to do in these movies, man. And like I told you, Michael Douglas, a great American actor, right? Like this is fucking <laughs> basic instinct, fail attraction, dude. This guy's a boss. Black Rain, 
wonderful actor. He spends an hour of this movie driving a CGI spaceship, <laughs> driving a CGI spaceship that has two gloves made out of jelly that you have to stick your hands into. And they're like, oh, put your hands in the jelly and think about where you want the ship to go. And Douglas is sitting there in a chair like, fucking shoot me right now. But I don't feel bad for him because he took the money and he took the gig. Also, somebody made a great point. I saw this online. Someone said uh, the allure of Ant-Man is that he's his ability to be so small and so big in such a medium-sized world like Earth in that medium is fucking cool. No, that had a nice ring to it. That was pretty, that was pretty catchy, yeah. But but it's just it's 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 awesome to see that when you watch you know like the Avengers based movies, but you, you throw him in this fucking quantum mania and he's like big but like in a endless void. Yeah. So like it takes away from the. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like and 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 but and, and another thing I dig about Ant Man is that Paul Rudd's performance is great. You know I love Paul Rudd and so much stuff, but in and the and the non Ant Man movies like he's really an important Avenger. Like Ant Man has been clutch. Yeah. Ant Man has been clutch. He showed up first in Civil War along with Spider Man. That's he, why Civil War is a great. That's a good Marvel movie. Yeah, he kicks right? off Endgame. Yeah, he Ant Man bails got Captain America and his guys out when he turns giant for the first time at the airport. You know, and just starts whooping ass. And he, you know, is the one who calculated and figured out the quantum realm, which allows them to use pin particles to travel through time in Endgame and try to and try to win and try to win the Infinity War. I can't believe I just said all that stuff out loud. When I say it that way, I'm like, oh, this sounds so f- fucking dumb. I'm so over it, bro. I'm having an existential crisis about Marvel, and I don't know what to do about it. Can this be the last time we talk about Marvel for a few weeks? Well, we can, we're can. we going to have to talk about Guardians 3 when it comes out. When's it come I'm out? I'm going to go see it, and I'm going to review it. When's it come out? Uh, July. So okay. you got some time. That's a few weeks. You got some time. Did we drop the ball on now? I mean, we've covered a lot of what we saw this week, but neither one of us saw a knock at the cabin. Uh, I spoke to, uh, what is it? Oh, Emily Shedro saw a knock at the cabin and, uh, she said it was pretty good. But the thing with Emily is like, she always says everything's pretty good. So <laughs> okay. like, she'll give, she'll tell me something's a really great and it will be great. And I'll be like, how's that? She's like, Oh, it's good. I liked it. And I'll see it. I was like, I couldn't even watch that. It has our beloved Ron Weasley in it and Dave uh, Batista. Yeah. And Batista also in, in guardians of the galaxy. And I think he'll be done after that. Batista wants out. Batista's smart. He wants out of those movies and this will be his last one. But he's really trying to show his diversity as a as an actor. I mean, and I think an, he's a good actor. But Knock at the Cabin got eviscerated by critics, it's a shot, which doesn't it's a necessarily mean I won't like it, you know. But I mean, we'll see. Um, how are we doing on time? What are we What are we looking at? Right uh, now? we're like forty two minutes in. So we're vibing. Uh, you're, uh, there's I'm I'm not excited about Marvel anymore. I am excited about that Thunderbolts flick. Custom into that. And also, like, rooting for bad guys. Like I said, I like Suicide Squad. I like that kind of vibe. And they have some really good characters in it. And I feel like it's, you know, um, Florence Pugh is uh, is pretty much headlining it. I think she's going to be, like, the leader of the team. <clears throat> the Julia Louis-Dreyfus character is in it as the organizer. I think is great. David Harbour's in it. So she's, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of bad guys. <laughs> and they have some, they got some cool people in it. And I'm looking forward to that. But, um, Hopper. I, just, I, I guess I just, you know. I, when, I, when I see a movie that I've talked about this crisis of con- the guilt that I have with being a fucking fanboy and just going out and pumping my money into all these movies and every dollar that I spend on this is a dollar that could go to fund another project like the Banshees of Inisherin. And I think that watching all the Best Picture nominees this year has sort of woken me up and made me realize like we need some great film like Cocaine Bear. 
We need like like fucking cocaine bear, dude. So, but before we we're gonna talk about cocaine bear in a minute. But look at these. We 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 went out of our way to see most of these best picture nominees this year, and we got to see a lot of good movies because of it. You know, films, cinema, so to speak. Wait, the new Mad Max comes out this year. Furiosa. No, the Wasteland. Am I getting baited right now? Yeah, there's so there's there's a lot of fake. Uh, is that who is that Shia LaBeouf on that poster? No, it's Tom Hardy. No, that's yeah, that's the the movie's called Furiosa, and it's with Anya Taylor Joy. It's a prequel. Fuck, I just got so baited. many of these sites do do pretend genre movie posters. Um, yeah, people share them all, all over Facebook all the time. Here's the thing, though, people are gonna be like, "Oh, Zach, how dare you shit on Marvel movies that are for families and for fun?" But say that Cocaine Bears cinema. Because oh, no, I'm not saying cocaine. No, no, bear I'm cinema. talking about. I'm saying. I'm saying my opinion. Yeah. Not not you. I'm. I I know you didn't. I I'm saying. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying though. Cocaine bear's not trying to fucking shove itself down our throat. Yeah. Like, didn't what did that director That's say? That's not she, how people do cocaine. You do it up your nose, Stevens. You don't know that. You don't do it down your throat. I've never done it. I don't know how bears do it though. So I'm about to find out when I see cocaine bear next week. Mm. Which is uh, we've been we've been talking about the cocaine bear pod for a while. Are you gonna go see Cocaine Bear with me or no? Fuck yeah! Yeah, but that's the thing. I'm, I, I don't look. I don't think Cocaine Bear is gonna be that good, dude. But I think it's gonna be funny. I think we're gonna get some laughs out of it. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah, it is gonna be a good time because it's not taking itself too seriously. Uh, I'm not even. I just, you know, I was sitting there watching this Quantum Mania. Because <laughs> this is a negative episode today. I hope we're not being too negative. We're I don't just, think we are. We're just, uh, we're just bummed it, but like. You know, I watched the Ant Man growing giant in this, you know, in this weird CGI quantum realm. And he's like, Kang, you took my daughter. And I'm like, what the fuck is Paul Rudd doing right now? And then, like, a slow motion running and <laughs> all these characters that look like fucking SpongeBob SquarePants characters. Seriously. Yeah, man, but. <laughs> You know what why I'm so you little... know why I'm so angry? Because I had to be awake during the scenes you slept through. <laughs> you woke me up for Modoc though. So yeah, but that's that's the, okay. The best thing about Quantum Mania is the appearance of Modoc, who is a cult Marvel character. So it's like a, it's, it's almost, I guess it's like a glorified Easter egg role. You know, it's a pre, they, they made Modoc a previous character from another Ant Man film, but um. What's MODOK stand for, Stevens? Let's punch that up. Oh, MODOK's an acronym. Great acronym. Mercenary but, um, of Death and Were you entertained by were you entertained um, by MODOK at all in the movie? No, I thought I mean I was I was uh was taken aback. <laughs> what do you mean? By his appearance? Just, when when the when the mask flipped up and you saw like MODOK's face, that was uh It reminded me cool. of George Lopez in Spy Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember this? I never saw any Spy Kids movie. You, you never saw George... Le- Look at this. <laughs> yeah. That was, Holy shit. That was, well, that's where you get the Spy Kids reference from, I see, right? Well, that was fucking dope in 2005. But what does MODOK mean? I like the acronym. Tell me what it means. It's funny. I forget. Um, um, mobile mechanized organi- organism designed only for killing. Yeah. They left the F out, which they point out in the movie. But... um. Modoc, I like when Modoc decides to, to change teams right at the end of the movie, you know, to try to defeat Kang. And right before he dies, he's like, at least I got to die in Avenger. And they're all like, uh. That was actually <laughs> kind of, that yeah. was kind of like funny. Like you're not Avenger yet. Yeah, that's like one of the. I was thinking that part. It's one of the most entertaining things. There's a spoiler, guys. Sorry. Um, but um, yeah, but I was amused. I was amused by Modoc, and I had a couple of chuckles at it. But overall, really, 
disappointing. Like it wasn't one that we had to think on. We knew as soon as it was over that we were not into quantum mania. Yeah. And I don't want to put too much negative energy into the, you know, I was talking about Marvel stuff because truly I have binged those movies and enjoyed those movies and they've left smiles on my face. But God, man, I don't let me know how you guys feel because I'm just past the point of caring about this. Yeah. Well, you know, man, I grew up reading Marvel comics religiously and I loved the Avengers and I loved Spider-Man and I loved the X-Men. Um, and there, the whole thing was when I was growing up, there was no, there was no money or technology to make these movies. It was not a possibility. Yeah. A couple of times it would get attempted. Roger Corman made it Fantastic Four movie that was banished and put on shelves. You can watch it on YouTube. It was absolutely terrible. That was in like 1990. There was a bad Captain America movie. James Cameron was trying to get a Spider-Man movie um, off the ground for years, which never happened. That could have been interesting. Wow. Yeah. See what happened. But then when the technology came around, it started with Batman, you know, and then it started, you know, which Batman, rolling. the first Batman, re, you know, Superman was big in 80 and then Batman was 10 years later. And then things started going The crow came out in like 90 or 91. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blade came out the blade movies, which are good. So the, there's a lot. It's weird. that A lot of these like Gothic hard, Gothic comic properties sort of re, restarted the whole thing. Um, Batman, the crow blade. These are all like dark movies. Yeah, but they were good. They were really fucking good. This might be a stupid question, but um, are the Underworld movies based off of a comic of some no, sort? No, no. That's just a... Uh, okay. I, I don't think they are. Okay. You would think so. I was just wondering. But, you know, I waited my whole life for the... And then and then, and then, then really ramped up with, like, the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, Sam Raimi's... And I, mean, I was dude. like... But we, but, but basically, what, I was, what we were waiting for was for special effects to be able to make Spider-Man swing through fucking New York City and not look terrible. That was like the tipping point of comic book like films there, in my opinion. Like, okay, we have this technology. Now we can do this. And those Spidey movies were a, a big, big part of that, you know? And then you roll right into the Nolan movies. And here we are, not that many years later, you know, in 20 years. Quantumania is the 32nd Marvel movie. That's my number. Well, what studio do uh, most of these DC movies go through? Warner Brothers. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, but they, they kind of gave. I could be wrong about this. They gave Nolan like the keys to the castle. No, they are very happy to be in business. With Nolan, he, they produced all of his films, but he has his own production. I think legendary pictures is his production company. I think so. So it's, you know, they're co-financing between legendary and Warner's. And I think maybe on some of the expensive ones, sometimes even another studio will jump in. Mm. I think Sony might've been involved with a couple. And I was thinking about Sony because Sony still got a piece of the Marvel pie. They own the Spider-Man properties, right? So, they have a couple movies coming out this year that I think might be a glimmer of hope for comic book movies. The first being Across the Spider-Verse, which I believe comes out in uh, May or June. Is that an animated one? Yes, it Sweet. is. I mean, that's going to crush the first one. Crush. I'm, guessing that you, I'm guessing you didn't see Into the Spider-Verse, did no, you? No, I did. I loved it. Fantastic. Yeah, right? yeah, like 10 out of 10. And when we, we talk about Marvel movies, I think people forget about it, or they, they, they love it, but you're thinking so much about the MCU that you don't bring up Into the Spider-Verse. Guys, if you're a Spidey fan, whoo, and you never saw Into the Spider-Verse, watch this movie. You yeah, probably have seen it. Miles Morales is the fucking coolest. Really fantastic uh, experimental um, um, animation. Did it win animated best feature? Yes, it won the Oscar for best animated picture, which is a nice. big deal. And it handles the multiverse in a way you can understand it and it's not annoying. So you got a couple of Peter Parkers and all the Spider-Mans from alternate universes that are all very cool. Nicolas Cage, you know? 
Spider Ham. Like, who, you could put Spider Ham in a live action movie. See, isn't that not another thing, though, that kind of like irks you about this whole Marvel thing? Is like, it, nothing bad can ever happen because of this multiverse. Yeah, there's like, another, there's another living, but you can also, like, you know, kill with impunity. Like, that's why Doctor Strange did that thing where they had Reed Richards, John Krasinski as the leader of the Fantastic Four, and all these other cool heroes, Haley Atwell as Captain America. Um, all characters I really kind of wanted to see have their own projects and do their own thing and all to be dispatched by the Scarlet Witch in like two minutes. I know. Um, Holy shit. Uh, sorry, I was just going through Spider-Man. I just saw the kiss scene with Kristen Dunn <laughs> in the rain. That'll, yeah. that'll change your life. Son. Yeah, great moment in Spider-Man history there. Sexy kiss. But they got this Cross the Spider-Verse coming out, right? And this fall, a project you might be interested in, Steven, that I'm sure you have no idea about is a Sony movie called Craven the Hunter. Now, Sony owns the rights to a bunch of Spider-Man villains. That's why they make the Venom movies. So, Craven the Hunter is like a big game hunter that becomes obsessed with hunting and killing Spider-Man in the comic books. Look who's playing him. I remember this character. Yeah, boy. I rem- oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his Aaron name? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, could be interesting. Dude, I had an action figure of this guy. There was a there was a miniseries in the eighties when I was a kid or the early nineties called Craven's Last Hunt. That was a Craven and Spider Man uh, story, and it was absolutely terrifying and fantastically written and drawn. And it was about Craven actually. He wins. He kills Spider Man, and incapacitates him and buries him, but then becomes Spider Man and starts rain, starts a reign of terror like all across New York oh. City as Spider Man. This is during the black costume era. So of course you know. It ends up having a happy ending, but it's a legendary, if you talk to comic fans, it's a legendary storyline, and it's what I'd hope they would do in a film, but way too dark. I mean, there's no chance in hell they'll do it, and that's the kind of movie they could make that would be a really good movie, but they won't do it. Yeah, I just need to get over myself and realize that these are family fun flicks. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, but they could still be good, you know? It's yeah. like, you know, you, like you watch a Pixar movie and dig it. And that's dude. fine. They're fun, family fun films done beautifully. Soul was like one of my favorite. Dude, apparently... God, I'm going to get shit on for people that love animated flicks. I have dropped the ball on animated movies. In what ha- sense? You haven't seen a bunch of... Or- I've never seen Zootopia, which is beloved. Nor I've, have I. I've never seen Inside Out. Oh, Inside Out's really good. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? I've never seen Moana. I never saw Moana. Dude, but these are like three movies that people are like... Are Did great. you see The Incredibles? Of course. You're I good. Love, I love The Incredibles. You're good. You're set. You've seen yeah, but, Up and Wally and The Incredibles. But no... And, you know, well, yeah, I've seen all this. I'm yeah. talking just in recent years. I like movies that play on like social commentary. Like, doesn't Inside Out have like a lot of? Uh... It's about mental health. See, that's yeah. that's kind of nice, yeah. you know. Uh, there's one called Turning Red that came out recently. That's supposedly yeah, with that little panda. Uh, yeah, which the panda. girl turns into a monster when she gets angry, kind of thing. Oh. Uh, Turning Red and uh, Encanto. Everyone tells me to see that. Encanto. But then I turned them on and I'm like, oh, I'm not really into it right now. I got to be in the right kind of mood, I guess, for that. Look, we're fans, dude. We're always going to keep on trying. You know, I'm going to keep on going to the movies. Yeah. And I'm probably even going to keep on going to some bad ones, you know? Sure. Yeah. What do you guys want to hear us talk about? Next week, we're going to talk about Cocaine Bear. We'll have a Last of Us. We'll talk about what Zach cooked for dinner. We'll talk about songs we listen to. And we're going to talk about Cocaine Bear. We're going to talk about our favorite drug movies, mm-hmm. which should be fun. You know, we're using that over it. It could be about drug culture. Drug use, I like drug-influenced movie made on drugs. So a drug movie, to me, is anything from Scarface to Cheech and Chong, right? You know, along the spectrum and all points in between. And then some animated movies, too. 
even that are you know trippy or you know um, God. Some people some people would even say Tolkien's you know drug influenced. Alice in Wonderland is that druggy? Sure. Um, Do you remember this uh, Netflix like cult flick called Enter the Void? Yeah, <laughs> I remember people be like, "Bro, you need to yeah. eat some mushrooms and watch Into the Void." Yeah, I watched. I saw like the first half hour one time. I'm like, "This is fucked." I should watch this sometime. Shame I don't do acid anymore. This would be great, but it's been a long time. Sounds, so I never, I never saw the whole thing. So that sounds that might, fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So so I don't know, but you guys will. Uh, you know, we'll put up a post for you guys. Let us know. Shoot us a, shoot us a DM. On Instagram, and let us know about some of your favorite drug movies. We'll put up a post asking you too. I think we're up. I think we need a guest. I think it's about time for another guest. Yeah, well, I don't think that our great pal Sarah Joey is available for uh, cocaine bear. Ah, busy, busy bee. Who do we? Anyone want to throw their hat in the ring to be the third Mike? I was going to say on the we, cocaine bear best drug movies episode. I was going to say we need to find somebody who embodies a cocaine bear, but I realize I'm sitting right next to it. Tyler Dejan just moved to New Orleans, so we can't have him, or he'd be maybe be good. He for moved. This. Yes, he did. He just moved this week. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's a discussion we'll have off the air. But so no Tyler Dijon. So anyone who's out there, if you're interested in maybe being a very special guest on the Good Pals podcast, we've been talking about this episode since we started the fucking project. Like, oh, shit. February 26th, we'll get to do a cocaine bear episode. That'll be fun. Yeah. Cocaine bear um, and best drug movies. And it's going to be a while until we have another Marvel episode. Yeah. I need somebody who is at least alive during the 80s to be on here as a guest because I have no cocaine expertise or any you know what i mean i want somebody to get on here and really talk well, about the nitty-gritty yeah so i know nor do i so if you've had any experience with cocaine in your life and you don't mind talking about it come on the good pals podcast to talk about it because me and zach have both never done it and we never yeah. will isn't that good zach yeah good thing i never tried that drug i'm glad you didn't i'm glad i didn't too and i'm glad we had a good podcast and we had a good dinner and i love the sunday routine man it's cool it's the best it's cool and we hope you enjoy it too guys we love that you're listening. little friendly reminder, uh, if you have a moment and you're digging the podcast on Spotify or Apple, give us a rating. How many stars do we like, Stevens? We like five. We like then. five. Five is nice. So give us a rating. Even drop maybe a brief review, just saying what you like. It helps us reach more listeners. And we have some more uh, interesting social media projects coming up as well that we think you guys are definitely going to dig. Until then, I'm Matty. I'm Zach. And this was the Good Pals Podcast. We will see you next week for Cocaine Bear.